0: school district. You're listening to the Community 360 podcast. I'm Mona White, counselor with the Community 360 Counseling Center, and I'm here with Marianne Paul, who's a counselor at the center as well as a counselor at Bay Laurel Elementary School. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about 13 things mentally strong parents don't do by Amy Morin. And Marianne, what are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, hi, Mona. Happy to be here with you. Today, we're going to be talking about Chapter 8, which is they don't, when we say they, it's parents, um, they don't shield their child from pain. And, um, you know, in diving into this topic, it's, it's helpful to think about the following. Like, do we shield our child from pain so that's it's a question to think about it's it's understandable and healthy to a point to help your child avoid unnecessary pain sometimes however I think some parents may become a little overprotective and in doing so in thinking that they're doing a good thing they may prevent children from experiencing struggles that could help them to grow stronger in their lives. And um, when thinking about this and and kind of questioning, did we do this? Here's a couple of um, statements that may resonate with you if you feel like you're doing this. And and I'll just um, go through some of the points that Amy had pointed out. Um, So are you, by any chance, do you avoid telling your child the truth because you want to protect them from the pain or are you putting in a lot of effort into making sure your child doesn't get their feelings hurt you know if we do things like that then we're preventing them from actually experiencing a natural process in life where they can start to understand what that might feel like and then maybe cultivate some tools and how to overcome that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Amy does go on to mention quite a few other Mm -hmm. um, questions in that regard.
0: It was funny. She talked about letting your child win at a game because you don't want them to feel badly about losing. And as a parent, I can understand that. Um, You know, I have three kids, but I also, it's funny, My mom never would just like throw a game so that we would win. And I have kind of been like that with my kids too. And I can remember my middle kid, whenever they realized they weren't going to win at Candyland, they would quit. And, um, but you know what, but um, that person in my family had to learn how to deal with, you don't always win and that's okay so i appreciated this this point that that she um that she had um any other things that really stood out on uh with her little list that really um caught your attention marianne
1: you know another one was about um and and by the way mona i could totally relate to what you're saying and my dad did that with my son he would not let him win just for the sake of winning like if he won he knew that he won because uh-huh. he beat him uh-huh. <laughs> you know uh-huh. so it, there's really a lot to be said for that you don't want to throw the game just to make them feel better it doesn't give them that sense of accomplishment but um another to answer your question um another thing that amy Moore pointed out was do we go to great lengths to prohibit our children from taking risks? And I thought that was a very thought-provoking question Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because if we're not putting ourselves out there and we don't allow our children to go for something that perhaps they really desire in, in risk of getting rejected, again, we don't give them that opportunity for growth because life has rejection in it if we're going to put ourselves out there we need to understand that either we're going to you know get accepted or we're going to get rejected and and we need to be able to deal with both
0: right 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 um she had this section uh happiness is all the rage was sort of the title and um and it really has to do with the idea that we just don't want our kids to have any emotional pain. We want to protect them. And I know, uh, even for myself, I have said, you know, I just want my kids to be happy. I have three kids. But you know what? They aren't always happy. They can't always be happy. Life um, is in session every single day. And things come up. And, you know, just have to kind of uh, deal with things as they go. So uh, she gives some examples of happiness shouldn't be a quote unquote short term goal, like, um, you know, not doing a chore so that you can be happy because you're not teaching responsibility or buying your child, um, you know, whatever they want because they're sad, but really, helping your child attain sort of long-term happiness, which is learning how to deal with the ups and downs. And that sometimes, you know, we do go through a painful period and then we can rebound again. So, um, you know, and this author talks a lot about, you know, having your kid um, do chores and really not enabling your child Helping your child feel like they are a capable human. Yeah, I like that Remember, section.
1: I like that too. And happiness is all the rage, of course. You know, as parents, if anybody were to ask us, what do you want for your children? Well, of course, we want them to be happy. But uh, that if if we don't experience pain, we don't understand what happiness is we don't know the difference and all of our emotions are fleeting so happiness we could be feeling that at one moment and then it can kind of wane the next so um, that is like you say life is in session that's just part life so she also talks about shielding children from pain it teaches them that they're really not able to handle discomfort and I think without the experience of feeling the discomfort, we don't know then what pain feels like on the inside, and, and when we shield them from pain, they may seem happy and healthy in the short term, but like you said, in the long term, they suffer serious consequences. Mm-hmm. So we can't prevent our children from the experiences of life and life's inevitable challenges. And when we're overprotective, it sends the wrong message. It's giving our children, I I believe we need to give our children the respect and the dignity to handle challenging situations. Mm -hmm. And it shows our children that we believe, we believe in their strengths and abilities that they can overcome these challenges. And I think that's what we need to empower our children. with.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, We have to hold in our hearts knowing their capabilities and that they will grow and 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 it will be an up and down but if we kind of protect them we just don't allow our kids to grow and so um you know we have to be careful not to um, underestimate our kids and I know a lot of times as parents we do I I call myself out all the time like, you know, I think that I have done that in the past when my kids were younger and um, and it's something that I think that we can always continue to do even as our kids grow to be adults. Well, my, all my kids are adults now. Um, and so kind of holding the confidence for our kids, knowing that they'll be able to figure things out and that if they do go through a painful experience, we can be there and, um, and support them because as they go through that experience and are learning how to cope, it strengthens that skill that they have with coping. Um, and, and that's really important too. We all get better and better at coping and being able to soothe ourselves when we have sort of challenging emotions.
1: I totally agree and and I love what you said about calling yourself out (laughs) as a parent. um, I too have done that. I think we're we've all probably had the experience of trying to sort of control a situation where Truthfully, it's an illusion of control and um, trying to shield our children from pain, you could say is sort of an illusion of control because ultimately we can't. Maybe we can for a period of time, but not really in the long run. And so, you know, in thinking about that, what we can do instead so instead of preventing our children from experiencing pain, we can equip them with the skills that they need to, to use to deal with it successfully. And then our children will then be able to turn painful periods of their life into opportunities for growth. And they can build that mental muscle. That we need to exercise that mental muscle in order for it to get stronger, just like any other muscle in our body. So rather than simply tolerating the pain, we don't want to just teach them how to tolerate it, we want them to learn from their pain. Um, And there were some studies that, uh, that show letting your child experience some pain can be helpful in several ways. So like we were talking about earlier, pain helps your child recognize pleasure so without the pain without feeling the pain we won't recognize the joyful times and also pain can help help our child form social bonds so tough times and shared experiences help children grow closer to one another as well Um, Relief from pain boosts pleasure. While pain isn't pleasurable, the relief from it sure can be, right? And maybe our children can then breathe a sigh of relief after a nerve-wracking performance or um, maybe when they make the soccer team or after being cut for two years in a row and feel happier if they hadn't encountered any pain at all. So um, there are rewards for it. Um and I think that's really, really important to remember as
0: well. Mm-hmm. So this sort of leaves uh, leaves open what should parents share with kids? And of course, um, we always want to share with our children in an age-appropriate way, of course. And so with our little ones, we don't want to, they don't need to know every single detail of everything. Um, but we can kind of censor it to be age appropriate. The author suggests not letting kids under seven watch the news or hear about tragic things because it's a little, it's too much for them to manage. Um, And of course with older kids in an age appropriate way. And even with the the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, some people were, even adults were watching way, way, way too much news. And that was causing a lot of anxiety and stress. And so um, even with older kids, you know, w- w- they don't need to watch the news 24-7. Um, I thought this was a great a, a little something the author talked about. And um, she said that Mr. Rogers said something um, about, like when he was a boy and would see scary things in the news his mother would say to me look for the helpers you'll always find people who are helping and I thought that was such a great idea well first place I love Mr. Rogers neighborhood and now they have that little animated show with Daniel Tiger which is darling if you haven't seen it um but uh in the pre previous chapter she spoke a little bit about empowering your child to be a helper and i think that that's such a great idea that even um you know when things do come up like looking for the helpers and the people who are trying to help make things better that's especially true right now during the pandemic there's a lot of helpers. There's so many people in the medical field and trying trying to help. Well, everyone, so many people are working so hard.
1: For sure. I totally agree. I haven't seen that other little program. I'll have to.
0: Oh, it's like a little animated thing. <laughs> it's very cute. <beautiful.
1: laughs> yeah, I think in looking for the helpers and looking for the good, we're teaching our children to look at the positive positive. Right And to create that gratitude, yeah. which is really important. Um, but then, you know, we want to teach our children how to deal with pain. So because like we said, it's inevitable. And um, so we want to teach them how to recognize when pain is a friend and when pain can be an enemy. And so when we, we think about fear, fear can actually be a friend when it stops a child from doing something dangerous, like jumping off a bridge, or running into the street, right? Um, it can be an enemy though, fear can be an enemy when it tries to prevent them from doing something good, like asking the teacher a question. So there's some levels of fear there. And then um, Amy Moran also talks about sadness. And feeling sad can be a good reminder Um, that we need to honor a memory, perhaps, of somebody that we've lost or a situation that has passed by. Um, So maybe drawing a picture of a pet who died could be helpful to a child's healing. Um, However, sadness can also be harmful when it causes our children to become withdrawn. So we just need to sort of keep an eye on that balance. And then, so there's fear, there's sadness, and then finally anger. Feeling anger could be a sign that someone is being treated poorly. And when a child feels mad, he might stand up for a friend who's being picked on. Which reminds me, my son is fully grown as well. (laughs) But when he was in school, he felt like somebody was picking on a friend. And he stood up for that person. But my son ended up getting in trouble for that. And um, I guess there's a manner in which we do it, but uh, as parents, we need to find that balance, mm-hmm. you know, of, of what's appropriate and what's not. Um, but I think, you know, not being a bystander and standing up for people is very, very important. Um, and so, again, going back to anger, um, we want to make sure we don't want anger to become an enemy when it causes them to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. So we just we need to kind of right sides these feelings and emotions, and teach our children how to deal with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And she gave a really great uh, idea of how to help kids um, express pain. And that was through journaling, whether it be through art or writing about how how they feel. Um, And she even had a thought about parent-child journals where a parent and a child could journal sort of in the same journal back and forth. So definitely, um, you know, kids like to draw and some kids enjoy journaling as well. So that's one way to help your child be able to express their pain. Now, Marianne, um, I, I always love how this author does sort of a recap at the end of each chapter. And by the way, this book is available on our website, um, www.community360.me, and then there's a library and you can find this book. Uh, Amy Morin's 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. Marianne, what's our recap?
1: Okay, Mona, recap of this chapter eight. Um, So what's helpful? Let's recap what's helpful. Um, She says, Amy Morin says, what's helpful is being honest with your child when something is going to hurt. Acknowledging your child's pain encouraging your child to keep a journal. And I love the idea of them having their own space and their own journal, but then also to kind of go back and forth with a parent in a journal, I think is really special. Um, Also what's helpful is to build your child's resilience, their resilience bank account. So if we keep making deposits in that bank account, they will become more and more resilient and that's like building that mental muscle helping our children learn from painful experiences examining your own beliefs about pain and providing age-appropriate information about the realities of the world like you were talking about earlier too much news not enough and then what's not helpful would be minimizing or denying your child's pain we want to really recognize it and acknowledge it Um, we don't want to lie to them to our children to spare their pain we don't we do not want to let's see what there was another one she said encouraging your child to act tough not a good way to go we don't expecting your child to handle hardship without enough support or masking your own pain it's okay for them to see that we as adults feel pain as well, and then how we deal with that. And we, lastly, we don't want to prevent our children from facing tough times. Again, we want them to learn have these opportunities for growth and um, facing those tough times. That is one of those opportunities.
0: So we've been enjoying doing this book together and this really book club and um, next time we'll be talking about chapter nine. We're already on chapter nine and that is they don't feel responsible for their child's emotions (coughs) and that's 13 things mentally strong parents don't do. So take care everybody and we'll see you next time.